Um, like I said, we're beginning this new series today, The Song of My Heart, and this will go three weeks. Um, and then following that, as we kind of move into the Christmas Advent season, we're going to do a series called Christmas Dragons from the book of Revelation. And so just what you would expect at Christmas time. And so um, that will begin the 9th of December. And I, I think it will be great. I think you'll, you'll love it. So um, I want to invite you to make sure you like circle it on your calendar. Christmas Dragons begins December 9th. But this series here kind of flows for me out of a love that I've developed over the last 10 or so years for the Psalms. Um, a mentor of mine, Dr. Lynn Anderson, has had a really big influence on my life and the way that I see and relate to the Psalms. And so um, that's kind of where this series comes from. But as we begin, there was a story this past August that surfaced out of Germany. Two elderly men, both in their 80s, disappeared from their assisted living home. And after an intensive search throughout the city, the two men were eventually located at 3 a.m. in the morning, happy, healthy, seemingly in their right minds, with smiles on their faces, ecstatic to be at the largest heavy metal concert in the world <laughs> with over 75,000 other people in attendance. And the police began questioning them to see what was going on, but every single question was simply met with a smile and a nod because the two men could not hear a word <laughs> that the police were saying. But it begs the question, what happens when something becomes so much a part of you and sinks so deep into your bones that it actually becomes a part of who you are. It's that question that truly inspires this series. It's the answer to that question that leads us to the Psalms. The Psalms are a collection of songs and poetry, over 150 of them. Well, I shouldn't say over. There are 150 of them in the Bible. And the songs are songs and poetry of the Hebrew people, a people largely oppressed and marginalized that lived life on the edges of society. And the Psalms are by and large humanity's word back to God. As much of the Bible we know is God's word to us, the Psalms are much more our words, humanity's words to God. And they teach us how to speak and relate to the divine. And in some mysterious way, the Psalms connect us to the ancients. As we all try to make sense of the misery and the chaos of this world. You see, the psalmists were kings and slaves. They were hurt and broken. They were scared and scarred. Yet, they were faith-filled. And in these words, in these songs, in these poetry pieces, they share sorrow and pain and faith and hope. But I think one of the most powerful things that we can say of the Psalms 
is the Psalms were the prayer book of Jesus. They were the place that he went to so many times to explain the world around him and to relate to God. In fact, Jesus quoted from the Psalms more than any other place in all of Scripture. In Psalm 8, Psalm 22, 31, 35, 37, Psalm 41, 69, 78, 82, Psalm 110, Psalm 118, all where Jesus explicitly quotes from the Psalms. And yet still throughout the New Testament you find many other allusions pointing back to the Psalms. And then in Jesus' absolute darkest, most dreadful place as he hangs in agony on a cross, some of his last words are from Psalm 22. As he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? And the psalm continues on. Why are you so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. And in Jesus' words here, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We know that God had not and would not ever forsake Jesus. But in that moment of pain, agony, and sorrow, it felt as if he had. It was his experience that in the darkness, in the difficulty, in the hard times, the question of Jesus was, God, where are you? See, I've talked to so many people who have lost faith in God because they don't know the answer to that question. Because they feel as if in the moment of darkness and pain, when they needed God the most, it seemed as if God was not there. And for most of us, we can relate to points and moments in our life where we have had that same question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? God, have you abandoned me? God, I am in need of help. I am in need of hope. I am in need of healing. And God, I don't see you. And these psalms flow from the heart of a people who lived every day See, we think we struggle with patience, waiting on God, but talk to a people who spent 430 years in slavery. And then let's come back and talk about patience. Let, let's talk about that question, God, where are you? And the psalm that I wanted to kind of focus in on today is a psalm that probably many of you have at least heard the refrain of. It's Psalm 130. Six, And the refrain is pretty simple. His love endures forever. But it says, if, if you're opening to it in your Bible right now, close it. 
if you would. I want you just to listen to the words. I want you to hear what the psalmist says. I want you to fill this deep, deep within your bones. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. And spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the the day, his love endures forever. And the moon and the stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And led Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But Pharaoh and his army, he swept into the sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the great kings, his love endures forever. And killed the mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his people, Israel. His love endures forever. And he remembered us in our low state. His love endures forever. And he freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. And he gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. So you've heard the refrain, but I love the picture that the psalm paints. It begins with giving thanks to God who is the creator. And it ends with giving thanks to God, the creator. But throughout the body of the psalm is the story of Israel. It is a story that is covered with the fingerprints of God. A story that begins speaking of a creator's love and passion and artistry as he speaks this world into existence. 
and whose people find themselves as slaves in Egypt. And he protects them and leads them out, taking them through the Red Sea and leading them into the wilderness and protecting them from kings and nations that would confront them. A God who remembered them, freed them, and fed them. And so it is to this God, this God that we give thanks because his love, his love endures forever. This refrain speaks powerfully. And it is a reminder of God's goodness, of God's love, and God's care. It speaks of a people who walked through the Red Sea and a people who journeyed through the wilderness. But here is the thing I know about this song. Is this is a song you only sing on the other side. This is a song that you sing once you're in the promised land. This is a song that you sing only looking back to where you have been. Because my guess is in the middle of the Red Sea, as you're running for your life, as you're fearful, as you're wondering what's going to happen next, your refrain is not God your love endures forever. It's in those moments that we relate much more to the words of Jesus, God, where are you? And I talk to so many people who have lost faith in God because they could not wait till they got to the other side before leaving the journey with God. Because they found difficulty to understand. They found troubles. They found persecution. They found hardship. They found pain. They found loss. They found brokenness. And they walked away from God saying, God, you were not there when I needed you most. But what we learn in this song is from the other side, you have a new perspective. A perspective that allows you to look back on your story. And see God's fingerprints covering every single inch. Because in the Red Sea, you don't say, God, your love endures forever. It's only on the other side that you look back and say, God was with me the whole time. It's in the wilderness that we say, God, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? God, why are you so far for saving me? But it's on the other side that we look back and we have this new perspective that we see God right there the whole time. See, for so many of us, we've been through moments and we've been through pain and we've been through hurt and we've asked those questions. And one of the most important reasons we gather is because we are a people who understand through the difficulty and through the hurt and the pain and the sorrow and the brokenness. 
as we seek as the psalmist to explain the misery and chaos of this world, the brokenness that we find ourselves in the middle of, that we look back and we say God was there the whole time. See, this is an assumption I'm going to make this morning. And it's an assumption I think is probably safe. That every single one of us can point to times where we echo the words of the psalmist in Psalm 22. The words of Jesus from the cross. God, why have you forsaken me? God, why are you so far from saving me? But this, this is a song we learn to sing on the other side. Because in the middle of the Red Sea, in the middle of the difficulty, in the middle of the wilderness, we're surrounded by walls of water. And walls of water do little except obstruct our vision and make it difficult to see what lies ahead. They, they make it difficult to see what waits on the other side, and they only conjure up questions. What if questions? What if the walls of water don't hold? What if there is something waiting on the other side? What if we get to the other side and God is not there? In wilderness, wonderings do little but allow us to see vast, unopened spaces where no one else is around us, where it seems like we're on our own and there's no one else who cares. And in those moments, so many times, what we see is mirages, where we think God is showing up, where we think God is leading us, where we think God is providing for us, but yet when we get there, we see that God is doing something different, but it's not till the other side that we really get a picture of what that was. And I just want to say to you, if you're in that place this morning of brokenness, of hurting, of questioning, of wondering where God is and what he is up to, hold on to him. And that powerful refrain, his love endures forever because there will come a time on the other side when you look back and you see God's fingerprints covering your story. And with every turn of the page, this refrain, his love endures forever. I was divorced and I was broken, but his love endures forever. My kids have struggled, but his love endures forever. There was the disease and the loss, but his love endures forever. There was the question with the job, but his love endures forever. It's only, it's only when we get to the other side that we gain enough perspective to see. And you begin to see the fingerprints of God covering your story in your life.
Because I think the song in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the wilderness, sounds more like this. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. But I have seen you in the sanctuary and I have beheld your power and glory and because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who seek to devour my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths. They will be given over to the sword. They will become food for the jackals. But the king will rejoice. And all who swear by God's name will praise him. And the mouths of liars will be silenced. It's the passion and the poetry that we find in the middle of the desert that carries us through to the other side. And it's the other side of the darkness, of the pain, of the brokenness that we truly have the perspective to see that is love endures forever. And I think the one question that's answered in the wilderness as we arrive at the other side is a question we never knew we were asking in the first place. Can God be trusted? But it's only on the other side of the desert. It's only on the other side of the Red Sea. It's only on the other side of the divorce, of the pain, of the brokenness, of the death, of the diagnosis, that we truly learn God can be trusted. And God will come through. And it probably won't look like we expected it to. It won't go the way that we thought it would. It wouldn't wouldn't lead down the path of the trail that just seemed obvious to us. But as you look back, you've now gained enough perspective to see his love truly endures forever. And I think the most important thing we learn on the other side is this on the other side is now a song we sing the next time we find ourselves in that place. 
Because one thing I can promise you, there will be a next time. There will be another moment of slavery. There will be another journey through the Red Sea. There will be another wandering in the wilderness. There will be kings and nations that confront you. There will be times that you feel, God, I need you to remember me. There will be times, God, I need you to free me from the enemy. God, I need you to feed us. There will be those times. And it's that refrain that we learned the last time we were there that will carry us through the next time we arrive. And those cries of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Will joyfully be met with this simple refrain. His love endures forever. Father, today, we do hear your voice. Today, we understand that we've been through the difficulties. We've been through the hard times. And Father, for some of us, we find ourselves in those places right now. But these psalms become a part of who we are. Buried deep within our soul. Like a fire within our bones that we cannot keep in. Father, it is these psalms that form us, that shape us, that make us the people who rely on you, who remind us of your goodness and your faithfulness. As we try to explain and, and seek to understand the chaos and the brokenness that surrounds us, Father, may you give us the perspective to see your fingerprints that cover our story. As we find hope and faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. He who has the power to save. And Father, may we continue to follow when we don't understand because we've learned the difficult lessons of the desert that ultimately your love endures forever. And Father, we praise you in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.